raccoon. A raccoon's trying to get on our back porch. Mom's just chasing him off with a broom. Games on TV. 
sell my rights away from me. It's high time we embrace the tool that keeps all men free. It's time for the shooting bench. If political incorrectness offends you, or if you don't like guns, or if you don't believe our government is corrupt enough to compare to 1938 Nazi Germany, this may not be the show for you, because for the next two hours, that's all we're going to talk about. You need to understand that there's a storm coming. You need to understand that the storm is building strength. And most of all, you need to understand that we are All right, here we are. Welcome to the shooting bench, the eighth of April. And I'm sorry I've missed so much here, but I, I told you with this campaign going on, it's going to be hit and miss. And so far, it's been mostly miss. Uh, but that may be changing. I've got all my signatures in, and everything's uh, taken care of and has been accepted. As far as I know, I'll be on the ballot. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry about that. Um, I should be on the ballot unless something comes up unforeseen here. So that may uh, free up a little bit of time. Just getting the signatures was kind of frantic for a while. But, um, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult. I told you that the reservation is shut down and I can't get out there personally. So I started a new YouTube page. And there, I'm sorry, a YouTube uh, channel. And it's going to be dedicated strictly to the campaign. And I'll be the first... Uh, some of you have probably already seen the first uh, video on there, and it's uh, it's pretty cheesy. I just kind of have something to get on there to get it opened up and, and set up and everything. So uh, once I get something else, better content on there, I'll probably delete it. It's it's kind of goofy, but you know I'm kind of goofy, so I guess it's just the way it works. So um, what I what I plan to do with this YouTube is to virtually put myself out on the reservation. I'm trying to get some people I know out there and some uh, conservative groups that are on the reservation, which there's not very many of them, trust me. 
but uh, hopefully they'll uh, give me a hand getting this disseminated out amongst the people and and the different areas and organizations that I want to uh, present this to. So hopefully it'll help. I'm not expecting this COVID-19 stuff to lift until at the earliest mid to late next month. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm way wrong. I hope they lift tomorrow. But uh, somehow I don't see it happening, and it may be a long time after that. So we've talked about the economic devastation that this is causing here. Um, I've got some other stories related to this here in a little bit. We'll get to that. But um, anyway, uh, that's that's what I'm going to have to do for my campaign for a little while. And it may free up a little bit of time where I can do some shows more regularly. I really deeply apologize for uh, the mess-ups I've made here and, and trying to get on and not able to make it. But, uh, you know, this I've got to devote my time and energy primarily to this campaign. So I'm going to still do my ever-loving best here to uh, get in here and, and mingle with you guys a little bit. So. Anyway, we'll talk more about that later. Um, remember, let me get over here to my my stories here. And um, let's start first. We're going to go on down the line. There's some other things I want to see. But let's start first here with um, this out of Brighton, Colorado. Um, Zach, you're listening here. This may be something of interest. I'm sure you've seen it already. But this, there's been an update to it and there's been an apology issued here. But what originally happened was a guy was with his daughter out and and his wife, I believe, six-year-old daughter out in the park. They're the only ones out there, you know, 50 acres around there, clear blue and uh, not a soul in sight, and here comes all these cops, and he's not violating any of the um, restrictions there, not having more than four people. It wasn't violated until the cops showed up. And they handcuffed him and arrested him in front of his six-year-old daughter for violating this social distancing policy here. Most absurd thing I've ever seen in my life. This girl, little girl said, Daddy, I don't want you to get arrested. And he's still thinking, there's no way they're going to arrest me. This is insane. Uh, don't worry, Daddy's not going to get arrested. Well, they did arrest him. But um, later they've uh, issued an apology saying that there's uh, evidently there was an overreach by the officer. Of course there was an overreach. So this the apology means nothing. You need to train those officers they need to be disciplined in some way. You need to train all your officers out there so that this doesn't happen again. What kind of training, what kind of attitude have these people got to think that it's okay to go and do this? You know what happens in a situation like that? You walk up to the man and say, hey, um, I think you may be violating this policy and we need to we need to uh, talk about this a little bit. We need to, you know, you need to move on. You need to go on home or, or whatever. Uh, but you don't just come up and arrest somebody in a situation like that. Now, if he's in a 
you know, the order's been given and you're in a crowd of 50 people out there rubbing shoulders with all these people. Well, you know, maybe that's a different, a little different uh, issue. But in this case right here, the Brighton Police Department was absolutely dead wrong. I am ashamed to even that they're even uh, police officers. I just can't even believe that. So anyway, let me get my blood pressure down a little bit. Well, I was going to tell you there during after the intro, one of the things that uh, I need to, this, this is probably going to be a little bit of a, an abbreviated show. I don't know if it'll be the full hour or not. We'll see what happens. But at least it's something. Here I am in all my, in all my splendor and I'll, uh, do what I can for you here. So let's, let's move on here. And this is, remember, you heard it first on the shooting bench. Probably what, three weeks ago, maybe a month ago. I don't remember when I talked about the suicides starting. Well, the suicides have started. There's been at least four that I'm aware of that um, were directly related to COVID-19, mostly because of fears that they were going to get it or that they got it and was afraid of, of uh, you know, what was going to happen here. So, you know, whatever the case may be, uh, there's going to be more because of the financial issue, but these, they have started there's a story here that says COVID-19 is likely to lead to an increase in suicides. This was, uh, I don't know, four or five days ago that this came out. And uh, sure enough, here it is four or five days later, and that's exactly what has happened. So in this story, it talks about have, can you survive coronavirus, uh, why the measles deaths are surging, coronavirus could make it worse. The media is not helping any here. Not helping at all. And I still, I remain not terribly concerned for the, about the virus for my own self, personally. I do absolutely agree and accept the fact that it's serious and that it's killing people and it's putting people in the hospital and hospitals are full. Um, you know, you've seen videos out there of people walking around saying, here's the hospital, the waiting room's empty, there's nobody here. Uh, in the first place, I've never seen a hospital in my life that didn't have people sitting in the emergency room at any given point in during the day. So I don't know what's going on with that. I also know people that are working. I know I have one, two, three, four, I think five, I think I have five friends, personal friends that I know that I have met, physically shook hands with, and, uh, you know, been around with them for a while that are directly involved and directly employed in, no, six, six of them, in the medical profession in, in some manner, anything from emergency rooms to uh, you know, PAs to different, different things, uh, uh, firefighters, uh, ambulance, what do you call them, EMTs? And, uh, you know what? I think there's seven now that I think of. Anyway, and these people are telling me, and I trust them like I trust my mother. I know that I've known these guys for a long time 
and I've been very deeply involved with them in, in different types of uh, events and and uh, stuff. And and I I believe them like I believe you know A Z bound and A B or Tebow or or Nan or anybody else out there that I've that I've personally met that tell me these things, you know, and their stories are very much different than um, what you're seeing in these videos. Very different. And a matter of fact, hang on here just a second. Let me read you a text that I got from one of them. You can wait here just a second. I'll bring this up. These things are developing so quickly um, that I, I can't hardly keep up with all of this stuff. <clears throat> so let's see. Okay, here is um, now I, I sent this individual some. I told you that I give uh, one of the local police departments uh, some masks that were completely out, and um, and there's I, I sent some to this guy. He said they're. They're now decontaminating their mask, the decontamination process. There's a soft brush, any of the, the gross contamination off of it. If it has blood on it, it's discarded. Once that's done, it goes into an ultraviolet light box, has light tubes all around the box, and they stay in there four hours. They've tried ethylene oxide. It's a gas they used to, uh, for instruments that can't take an autoclave, and it destroyed the masks. So... <clears throat> Excuse me. So the COVID-19 unit in this particular hospital is filled with two in the overflow. They have 16 ICU beds for it with 34 being converted. The other hospital has 12 in-house and a total of 60 beds for ICU. <clears throat> it was converted from another hospital to the main COVID-19 hospital. So that's, um, it, it's, of course, obviously it's different in every state. But I, I don't know. I, I do believe these people. They are, they are dear friends of mine. And, you know, I, I believe what they tell me. But what I don't believe, what I don't know is what is the full truth here? There's, um, we're just hearing all kinds of things. I know that the media is jacking things up and, and telling the most, you know, ridiculous lies and using, using footage from other countries and everything saying that hospital. So I understand that they're sensationalizing this and causing a, a tremendous amount of panic, <clears throat> but I still don't know what is the real thing. What's really happening out there? So um, I suppose we'll find out soon enough. Now, what I what I want to make sure that everybody understands, I don't buy it just because I'm not worried about me personally. I don't for one second downplay what's happening with this virus. Everybody says, "Well, there's that many with the flu, and they've done this and they've done that, and the flu." Is I don't care. Those numbers mean nothing to me, and they shouldn't mean anything to you either. It's ridiculous. The idea here is what can this virus do? I don't care what it's done. I don't care if it has kept up with other numbers. What I care about 
is what is going to happen in the future to it. Uh, and that's where it starts getting fuzzy because we don't know who to believe and how bad it's getting. But we do know that doctors around the world have made videos and stuff and talked about um, different things about how this virus affects people. And it kills them much differently than any flu or anything. It's, uh, it's, it's, and then they're also, they're coming up with a different story on that now. So I don't know, but I will not downplay this for one minute until I have actual proof instead of speculation and Facebook BS out there. Uh, I think the potential, as I've said from the very beginning, that the potential is high, that this could turn into something um, devastating. If it doesn't, it's still going to be devastating because of the economic impact that it's had. Everything that this is causing, whether the virus actually does anything or not, it doesn't matter. We're sunk. This is... uh, Speaking of sunk, did you hear Bernie dropped out today? Bernie said he's suspending his presidential campaign. So anyway, I'm sure the snowflakes are going nuts over that. But anyhow, um, I, uh, I, I continue to be exceedingly concerned to what is happening here to people that are not prepared, to people that are not able to work. I mean, they are going to bring, uh, whether or not the virus is real, doesn't matter. Either way, the results are going to be the same. America is going to its knees. Um, whether by design or just a product of our times, America is going to, our, to its knees. Um, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on the economic stuff. Last couple of three shows we've done, we've already talked about that, but it is getting worse. And remember the suicides, the murders, crime is going to pick up, uh, exponentially and very quickly. So this is, and people say, well, why don't, why don't you know, people talk about the, the good side of this? There is no good side to this. Except that someday it's going to be over. Talk about how many people survived. I don't care how many people survived. What I care about is is what is happening to this country because of this. Whether anybody survives or not, this country is being destroyed. And it it is vitally concerning to me and should be to you. Um, you know, we got people, hundreds of thousands, millions, millions of people that are not working and will not be working for a while. These people have mortgages. They have cars to pay for. They have kids to put through college. They have doctor bills. They have, you know, all this stuff, rent to pay and all this stuff. And it ain't happening. And another month of the, another, another two weeks of this. And yeah, we're going to see things happening. We're going to see some shaking and rolling going on here, like like you've never imagined. So I don't talk about the good things because you need to be prepared for the bad things. I almost oh everything's all rosy and a hundred thousand people survived, and I don't care. 
I don't care. What I care about is what's going on to this country, to the people, to the economy. And it ain't good. There ain't one speck of it good. I'm sorry. It's just, it's the way it is. And it is not going to get better anytime real soon. And I'll say, and let me, let me tell you one thing that, uh, I'm hoping will help it get better. And that is going to be an exorbitant amount of fervent, earnest prayer. If you're not a praying person, you better start thinking about it real hard because we need everybody praying about this. Fasting. This is serious stuff. This is not, uh, this is, you know, you can say, well, you know, I don't really, I don't want to do all that stuff. You know, I'm, I'm a Christian, but you know, that's, that's a little silly or whatever. No. Well, if you are a patriot and you're a Christian, even if you're not a Christian, pay, pray to whatever you think created you. You know, I'm, I'm saying that everybody, no matter who you are, what you are, um, Need to look at the, you know, if anything, just pray for, you know, positive energy or whatever in the hell non-Christians do. You know, that, that's your, that's every, every, absolutely your right to do it. And I have nothing against that. Whatever it is that you do, you need to start doing it. And this Saturday, I believe, let's see, this is the, the 9th, 13th, maybe it's Friday. That's the 10th anyway. Um, 10th, yeah, Friday. There is a global fast and prayer day going on. I strongly encourage you to be a part of this. Uh, many of you can't do anything else anyway. Why not? Get in there and, uh, and it, it needs to be earnest. It needs to be sincere. And uh, whether you ever do it again or not, this would be a good time to think about it. Uh, whether or not you think that this uh, virus itself is a big deal. What is a big deal is the country is being destroyed. If you don't pay for the, the uh, uh, you know, um, for the virus to, you know, things get better, the medical side of it, you know, um, at least think about doing it for the, for the other side, for the economy, and for and for all the people that are losing everything they've got. This is going to tear apart families left and right until hell won't have it. I mean, hell is having it. Let me rephrase that. Hell is loving this. Satan is having a ball with this. Don't be part of it. We'll, uh, a lot of people that's listening here, including me, um, you know, we, there are people that's going to be kicked out of their homes. There are people that are going to lose vehicles. There are people that are going to suffer all kinds of, of problems. Be prepared for that. Don't let it eat you up. Start thinking about your alternatives, your options. You know, if you have to go, uh, move in with your kids or, or set up a tent, is that we, we knew these things were coming. Although I'll have to say, I never dreamed it was going to be a virus. I always thought it was going to be communist China, you know, the UN, uh, cartels, uh, 
Russia, Korea, EMP, you know, whatever. But I seem to have missed this part. But overall, the effects are the same. If an EMP were to hit, we would see much the same thing. We've been preparing this. We've been calling ourselves preppers for years. And we keep buying all this stuff and training. And again, now it's here. And nobody believes it. Well, you better start believing it because it ain't going away tomorrow. Okay. All right, let's get off of that. I'm going to climb off this soapbox before I fall off of it here. All right, let's move on to the next thing. Here in the Navajo Nation, out on the Navajo Reservation, a uh, lot, I don't have the numbers right in front of me right now. I guess I could find them here. I'm off on them during the break. Uh, there's a lot of cases out there. Now, you have to understand living conditions and, and uh, societal problems out there have not made this any better. But the Navajo Nation has just instituted a 57-hour curfew uh, starting, let's see, um, that's from this weekend. It's going to begin on Friday, day after tomorrow at 8 p.m. And it's going to go until 5 a.m. And this is for uh, the entire Navajo so, if I can get this ad out of the way here. So, starting Friday, 8, 8 p.m. Friday until 5 a.m. Monday. That's what I, that's the part I left out, Monday. So, this is going to be um, the entire, every hour of the weekend. And this is a stay at home. They're saying uh, that failure to comply with this order constitutes an imminent threat and menace to public health. Now, what does that mean to you? When the government says that you are posing an imminent threat and a menace to public health, this may turn into something ugly. Uh, the order states that people shall remain home during this time except in the event of emergency. The order also does not apply to essential employees reporting to and from work. It says here, when this came out, there's been 354 positive cases and 14 deaths so far in the Navajo Nation. This came out um, yesterday, I believe it was. So that's not looking good on the Navajo Nation. Now, the Navajo Nation is the biggest Indian reservation on the planet, and um, or at least in the United States. I'm not sure. There may be some down in South America that's bigger, but I, I think this is the biggest one in the world. It covers uh, virtually all, you know, a good quarter to a third of Arizona, north northeast corner of Arizona, um, southern Utah, and uh, a large portion of New Mexico, and even a little bit, I believe, into southern Colorado. I'm not positive. Um, it's it's vast, a lot of people in there. So that's uh, I'll let you know. Monday, and hopefully I can do a, a show Monday and um, let you know what happened over the weekend here. And we've got some uh, sources on the ground out there, as they say, so I don't have to depend on the news. I don't have to depend on mainstream news media. 
Let me organize things here just a little bit. I'm going to take a little short break and uh, play you a little music here or something for a little bit. And uh, and I'll be back. So stand by. I'll be back. Another segment of the Shooting Bench, right here on the Survival Circle Radio Network. Okay, we're back. Let's see if we can get back on track here. And uh, 
in California, of course, this comes as no big surprise, actually, but, uh, you know, one thing we're seeing around the country is sheriffs are realizing, and this has been going on now for about a year, but we're now probably two years, but um, a little bit at a time. Right now, we're seeing more sheriffs that are coming in and saying, you know, no, we're not going to enforce this or that, and and no, we're not going to arrest you for that. And we, and um, but there's there's always got to be one or a few that are the epitome of jackbooted thugs. They have to do their lap dogs is what they are. Their status. They have to do exactly as they are directed. And there's one in California here that um, he's in uh, Riverside County, Chad Bianco. Post a video on YouTube to uh, address this very thing here just a few days after his department announced that uh, two deputies with COVID-19 had died. Okay, I get the, uh, I get the emotion there. I, I understand that. Uh, he said right now you could be a carrier of this virus and spreading it to your family and friends. Yeah, so maybe I may be. It is not your job to protect me or to protect my family. It is your job to uh, enforce just and fair laws and to protect the rights of the people in your county. That's your job. And But he says that um, this order given by the public health officer there, um, he says... He says the order to cover faces is enforceable, meaning that uh, they have told everyone to that you will be wearing a mask. And he says that is enforceable and that he will enforce it. Um, he said, uh, let's see, right now, oh, no, I already said that. It's unclear when deputies would issue fines or arrest people who violate the face mask order, but the county said local law enforcement agencies had the power to enforce the order as they deem necessary. So I guess we'll find out if they deem it necessary. I think a lot of things, I think this weekend is going to be very eventful. Um, he, uh, this, this sheriff, this, this sheriff actually wasn't the worst of the bunch. I don't know if I've got that other story pulled up here. Um, he's not as bad as, as another one was. But I think that this coming weekend, we're going to see things happening. So I'm going to make every monumental attempt to be in here on Monday because I think that there's going to be things to talk about. And one thing to talk about right now, we've seen, and you've seen this on Facebook uh, quite a bit if you're a Facebooker. And... Um, it talks about the Stafford Act. Have you seen the thing said the president is invoking the Stafford Act? And then, well, you know, the Stafford Act is not something that's invoked. It's just there. What it does, everybody, they, they put that in because they don't know what it is. Because they hear this, they see it somewhere and say, oh, my goodness, this is terrible. It's martial law. Um, so they put this thing out and saying the president's going, President Trump's going to invoke the Stafford Act. Well, good. I hope he does. 
but again, he doesn't have to invoke anything. It just sits there, and it is in force and active right now. What the Stafford Act says, if you haven't researched this, uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's uh, it's not really very long, but I'm just not going to read it all. It uh, prohibits the confiscation of firearms. It says no officer or employee of the United States, including any member of the uniformed services or person operating pursuant to or under color of federal law or receiving federal funds or under control of any federal official or providing services to such an officer, employee, or other person while acting in support of relief from a major disaster or emergency may, and then it goes on what it says, they can't, they can't confiscate your guns rarely nor permanently, or authorize the seizure of them. They can't force you to register them. They can't prohibit possession of a firearm. Um, they can't prohibit the carrying of firearms by any person that's not otherwise prohibited from carrying a firearm, depending on state law. So everybody says, yeah, this is a wonderful thing. This is good, and it is good. It's not a, it's not a bad thing. But what you need to understand about the Stafford Law, the Stafford Act, is it does not apply to state, county, and local law enforcement government. It applies to the feds, unless one of those state, county, or local agencies is working directly for or under or in by the authority of a federal agency, then they cannot. So it's good, but it's not really a big deal because there is nothing saying that another, our agency or department cannot. And they would also not have anything to do. If martial law was declared, then the Stafford Act would go away. So, a lot of, uh, we talked about martial law already. I'm not going to get into it again. There is more and more fervor uh, going on, on on the Internet about martial law. Uh, mostly from people who don't have any idea what it means or what's going to happen when it's declared. So we won't get into that again. We've spent time on that already. So let's uh, let's get out of this for a little bit. Let's talk about guns for just a little bit. It says right now, as of a week ago, exactly a week ago, unintentional firearm fatalities reach an all-time low. This is a good thing. Despite of all the hype and all the fear-mongering that, the, that you hear from the left, this is a very good thing. Uh, it says a new report from the National Safety Council shows that unintentional firearm fatalities have hit a record low, accounting for only 1, 1% of all firearm fatalities in 2018. Now, this is a 2020 story about a week ago, but I guess they're gathering all the information and everything, so as of uh, a little over a year ago, it says that the National Safety County's Injury Facts Report 2018 reference resource for safety statistics reported that preventable or accidental gun-related deaths totaled only 458 cases in 2018. That's the lowest figure since this organization has been keeping records since 1903. 
that is saying something. What's that, 115 years? I think that's pretty impressive. That says a lot for our our safety efforts and some of the organizations out there, you know, the National Security Sports Foundation and, and the NRA and, and Gun Owners of America, all the individual uh, instructors and, and organizations out there. So this is a uh, this is a very very good thing. Good news. Um, preventable accidents have steadily decreased over the years, with a 44 percent decline from 1999 to 2018, with approximately 100 million gun owners in the U.S. The says this figure proves that education on safe handling, paired with proper gun storage, is the key to safe gun ownership. Now, of course, that's not going to mean anything to the left. They're going to say, well, there wouldn't be any if we didn't have any guns. And no matter how good, there is no, we can't do anything right. We can't ever do it enough to suit them until all the guns are gone. So, all right. And, of course, and I'm going to, I'm going to uh, read these these rules. I've read them to you several times before. These are not the actual rules that that Colonel Cooper came up with. But it's the rules that's with this article. So I'm going to share them with the article because it goes on. But it's basically the same thing. It's not. It's not. You know they, they word it however they want to. It still means the same thing. Always point a firearm in a safe direction. Okay. Keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to shoot. You know that's about the same as the other one. Um, treat every gun as if it were loaded. Keeping it unloaded until you're ready to use it. They just uh, kind of stretch that one out a little bit. And know your target and what's around it, including beyond. That's uh, mostly this is the same. They've just reworded it to, to suit them a little bit. But this is basically the same thing that Colonel Cooper's had out for, for uh, I don't even know how many years, many years. Let's see. Let me bounce over here real quick. I need to check and see how we're doing for time. Oh, we're doing good. Okay. All right. Let's um, high point. Yo, high point. I, <laughs> High Point are um, for as cheap as they are, they work pretty well. There, there's a lot of guns out there that are a whole lot worse than High Points. I wouldn't have one. I don't want one. Uh, I try to discourage people from getting them. They're very top heavy. They're clunky as hell. Uh, very heavy guns, but they work. If you just want something for recreation, um, I, w- I would not recommend one for self defense. There are as I've said a thousand times, there's many, many used, good quality used guns out there that you could get for about the same price as these. Uh, if you need to save up another, you know, another 50 bucks and wait just a little bit longer. But if you just want something to learn with, something to, you know, throw in the, in the camper or something and, and not worry about it and haven't got a lot of money tied up in it, um, you know, high points are, you know, it's not the end of the world. They're, they're, Okay, however, however, as of a week ago, High Point Firearms has temporarily shut down. Um, the Ohio-based company announced when this last Tuesday that they've chosen to voluntarily shut down and perform preventative work for a week. 
Budget Gunmaker Center in Dayton, Ohio, since 1995, is currently exempt from closure requirements from the state's COVID-19 stay-at-home orders, but has elected to close its doors briefly to allow High Point employees time off to self-quarantine and be with their families. You know, that's um, that's not a bad thing. That's at least the way they have it worded. That's uh, that's kind of good. Um, you know, something else. I this is unrelated to this, but I got to say it before I forget. Most of you have seen, at least people in the West, have seen these little convenience stores called Maverick, little Maverick stores. And Maverick, I talked to to one of them, and I, I suppose that it's, uh, you know, uh, company-wide, but it's uh, here at least. They are paying their employees 20% more than they normally make for hazard pay. Because of the extra work, the extra cleanup, all the extra duties they have to do, uh, you know, the masks and the gloves and and the, the uh, constant inconvenience of all this stuff. And they're paying them a full 20% more. I think that's pretty dang good of them. So I was uh, I was impressed. I think I'm going to write them a letter is what I'm going to do. That's, uh, I'm pretty pretty impressed with that and this uh this is not a bad deal for high point either they actually scheduled to open up again well april 6th i guess they just gave them how much they give them time they give them off here this story came out um april 1st so apparently they were only closed for five days okay well they're back open again now high point is not the only gun maker feeling a pinch so far this month cz CZUSA, Dan Wesson, Kimber, and Remington have all met with a curtailment of their operations, although primarily chalked up to being classified as a non-essential businesses by their local or state governments. Okay. Okay. Moving right along, one last deal here. I'll probably close with a with a song. I need to get get moving. What I'm trying to do right now, I am uh, I'm getting my opponent's signatures and I'm going to uh, um, double check them, make sure everything's on the up and up um, and I'm sure he has done the same for mine and that that would be the one thing he finds enough wrong with mine. I had 50% more signatures than I needed uh, I only needed 223 I had 334 and uh I, they, I guess they found one when they, when they filed that they subtracted, so they said 333. So I had 110 more signatures than I needed. So I, I feel pretty safe. I'm not too concerned about it. And, and he has probably done the same. I won't know until I get him, but I'm, uh, I'm in the middle of doing a records request tonight, and uh, hopefully I can pick those up tomorrow and go over them right quick. Okay, one last thing. Fresno, California, has been using the Forty Smith and Wesson. They've been using a Beretta 96. Berettas, Berettas are high quality guns. They are. They shoot well. They're accurate. I don't like the triggers. I don't like the feel of them. I don't like the grip. I don't like anything about them. But I can't take away from the quality of the gun. They, they're, they're good guns. It's just that I, you know, some people love them. I'm not one of them know that they are exceedingly lubrication sensitive and if you uh, 
don't don't keep them maintained, clean, and loose. Which, you know, ordinarily, generally speaking, you know, especially um, most of your guns, that's critical anyway. I mean, it's just thing we've always done all of our life, and then some of us have gotten a little lazy with that over the years now since Glock come out. Glock doesn't care. I mean, if you clean it, fine. If you don't, fine. If you lube it, okay. Don't get carried away with it. Uh, if you even put it in the dishwasher and clean it up good or whatever, it's, uh, they, just, they just shoot. They just run. And they just keep shooting. If you, if you have ammo in the magazine and it's seizing the gun properly and you pull the trigger, it's going to go bang. And it'll keep going bang until it runs out of ammo. It's just what they do. But back to the Fresno Police Department. 800 officers in the coming weeks here. They're going for the Glock Model 45. This is a 9mm. The, the uh, Beretta 96 is uh, the 40 caliber version of the Beretta 92. Exactly the same gun, just a few uh, dimensional differences to allow the 40 caliber cartridge. But... Um, <clears throat> Local media says that the uh, police chief there has been shopping around for new handguns to replace the Berettas. And uh, so they, uh, I guess they, they've decided, and, they, and they've made a good choice. The Glock 45 is uh, a little confusing with the model number there, but it is a 9mm. Okay, let's see here. I hope, um, well, I guess it's been. A while since we uh, say I hope everybody had a good weekend. I still hope you had a good weekend, even though it was a few days ago. I just have to I just have to get in here when I can get in here. So uh, apologize once again for the inconvenience. I know some of you have been on the on the chat room looking for me, waiting for me, and and I didn't show up. I've tried to always find somebody, usually uh, Nan or Tebow or somebody that I can count on. You know, if they're not busy. I can to get in there and say, you know, good Cope's letting us down again. And um, he sends his apologies. So, anyway, it's the nature of the beast. So, one of those things. Alright, I'm getting out of here. I have no reason to believe that I won't have a fresh, new, wonderful show for you on uh, Friday for Liberty Lounge. How did you like the Freedom Ain't Free? show we had i believe it was was it last friday or friday before last i thought that was a magnificent show i loved it okay well i'm out of here i'm rambling so i will hopefully see you guys friday good night well that wraps up another edition of The Shooting Bench. Join me Monday and Wednesday from 8 to 10 p.m. Pacific, and again on Fridays from 7 to 10 for The Shooting Bench. Good night, and thanks for joining me. No reconciliation. No, let's talk it over. Number I can call. Goodbye says it all.